0: Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. Um, I am recording this on 12-30-2022. Two days before the new year. <coughs> Peridona for the clearing of the throat. Um, I believe, I don't... In my last episode, I believe I was plenty incoherent, um drowsy from the drudges of the covid-19 sickness <clears throat> I don't believe I mentioned that on the 26th my wife tested positive so she left her upstairs chamber to join me in my downstairs chamber and we covided it up it up together um it was not a pretty sight, you know. Um, I was having pretty severe symptoms, and she was having pretty severe symptoms. Luckily, we're out, we're not completely out of the woods, but we're, I think, we're out of the worst of it. Um, hopefully, but I feel like I need to get straight to the movies because I've just watched a ton of movies. Um, because my wife and I have been quarantining in our room. Uh, My parents are old and elderly, and I assume if they were to catch this virus, they could very probably die. So we're trying to keep it real (coughs) tight and safe over here in the household. But uh, I've just been watching a ton of movies because there's not much else you could do. I guess you could, I could play games, but. With my wife here, she's not much of a gamer, and the few times she has requested let's play something, I swatted her hand away and said, those game systems are mine. So let's just get started with the move A's. Um, I did want to mention my my internal and external battle with social media continues. You know, in about February of this year, I I kind of had I kind of got upset with social media, so I deleted most mostly everything from my phone. And then shortly thereafter, I found out that a good squ- uh semi-good friend of mine was pregnant, like 8 months pregnant. And the reaction is always oh, I thought you knew, or I thought you saw, I thought you heard. That's always the reaction. Because everyone's on social media, and unfortunately, you know, you don't get that one-on-one to one conversations anymore because everyone assumes that everyone else is on social media. And uh, a, about a month or so ago, a good... Goodish friend of mine, I was asking about his Thanksgiving, and he was like, uh, oh, I was supposed to go over to my best friend's house, but that would have been awkward, LOL. And I was like, I don't get it, why? And he's like, oh, because our band broke up. I thought you saw, I thought you knew. And I'm like, I didn't know because I wasn't... And then the most upsetting of all for me was a good friend of mine. I f- saw that her dog had passed. And I checked the date back in May. And we haven't spoken in a long time. And all these thoughts go through my head. Like she, she probably thought I was ignoring her or I, I don't know what she thought. I feel like social media is personally destroying the world destroying relationships destroying humanity from the inside out everyone is on it this is how the world communicates this is how the world connects and i think it's very disappointing i'm on there too I, I wish i wasn't um i truly believe it is an addiction much in the same way as drugs um and perhaps alcohol you know everything in moderation but if if it's addicting and if it is a drug then w- what How much control can you expect to have? Anyway, let's move on to the movies. Also, I am still quarantining. My wife went to the restroom. She said, well, I don't know what her business is in there, probably something disgusting. But I figured I have about an hour to record a podcast episode. First movie I'm going to talk about is Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. I might go through these quickly because i've seen a ton also i'm arbitrarily for now calling this episode the black adam episode we'll see if that holds anchorman to the legend continues i've i had never seen it i don't know why it's just one of those things i i love the first one i think it's a classic in the modern comedy um the first 40 or more minutes are almost non-stop laughs just the quirkiness of it and the weirdness of it i really love that first one i do feel like the the last 20 or so minutes it kind of runs out of gas um, but that's just kind of it's just kind of my preference you know i like the beginnings of movies and you the plot has to kick in eventually and I kind of stopped laughing after a while. Anchorman 2, I thought, was funny. um, Pretty funny. I'll just say my favorite part was when uh, Brick Tamlin was trying to say the weather and he <laughs> was panicking to Ron. And he's like, I don't know, where's my legs, Ron? And he's <laughs> like, no, you're just in front of a green screen. And then, he he thinks he has no legs, so he just drops to the floor. I thought that was very funny. Um, I thought Megan Good was an odd addition to the cast. Um, there's a ton of funny black women out there. Maybe that was the point. Maybe they wanted a, a straight woman who wasn't going to try to outdo the comedians. I, I don't know, but I... She didn't really make me laugh, um, but maybe that was the point. Um, Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention the, the news person battle when that kicks in, you know, like the Ben Stiller one in Anchorman 1. I have a feeling back in 2013 that was probably hilarious. But watching it in 2022, you see Kanye drop in and you're like, eh, eh. and then you see Will Smith drop in and they're like, eh, eh. Um, it's a shame. It sucks. But I'm sure in two thir- 2013, this was quite the hoot. Um, It's unfortunate that Kanye right now is known for his anti-Semitism and Will Smith for the time being will be known for the slap um but i thought it was pretty funny um i watched it on christmas eve i'm i find myself having a little hard time remembering some of the other jokes i will now move on to the naked gun trilogy um I, I'm sure I've seen parts of most of these before. The um, Naked Gun 33rd and the 3rd I was most familiar with. I just remember the the awards ceremony. Um, it was probably on TV. I, I don't think I ever owned it. I just... It was on TV and I, I remember those scenes a lot. Um, I think they're very funny. I... I would consider myself now a pretty big fan of Leslie Nielsen. I love his clips on talk shows where he brings a fart machine. I just love the fact that he's that guy and the fact that he would bring it on um, a nationally, whatever you want to call it, nationally live television show. I guess it's not live. Syndicated? I don't know. Um... For some reason, I I love the joke in the first one. It's early on when O.J. Simpson, another one, O.J. Simpson. It's a shame about O.J. Simpson because he was really funny in those movies. He was making me laugh. And, you know, it's a shame. The murder. And the scene early on when O.J. Simpson's in the hospital bed in the coma. And they're talking to his wife. And then Leslie Nielsen goes talks to the wife, he says, "I assure you uh, an- an officer will not rest until we find who is behind your husband's attack. All right, now let's go grab a bite. um I butchered the line, but for some reason that line it was so it was said so straight-faced as most of his jokes were, but it really made me laugh." um the second one i'm gonna i'm gonna get them mixed up but i think it was in the second one the sequence that had me rolling was when he jumped into the room with enrico palazzo and came out and then when i realized that he was going to go out and he had to sing the national anthem i was like I was kind of dying laughing at that sequence, as you can tell from the tone of my voice. Um, I thought that was really funny. It's nice to see Uncle Dursley in the mix. Um, R.I.P. Richard Griffith, I believe it was his name. Um, R.I.P. Leslie Nielsen. R.I.P. a bunch of these people because uh, they were old in these movies, so I'm assuming a lot of them are dead um i don't remember much else about the naked gun trilogy but i did enjoy myself i oh the the one sequence i think it was in two as well when george i think his name is george kennedy he was angry at the bad guy for beating up on uncle dursley even though it wasn't him, it was like Leslie Nielsen dropping all those things accidentally on him. And then George Kennedy goes, oh, I'm going to teach you for treating a guy like that. And you hear all these sound effects as if George Kennedy is beating that guy. And all the uh, facial expressions of everyone being like, oh, oh, oh. And then they cut to (laughs) George Kennedy on the ground and then Leslie Nielsen's like, all right, all right. The captain's had enough. Get him up. I, I rewound that part because I thought it was very funny. Um, I think, too, there are long stretches in the beginning that were not as funny. But I think it definitely hits its stride in the middle and towards the end. So I would be hard-pressed to choose between one and two, I think. But three, I think there is just not much gas in the tank, so to speak. I I also purchased Police Squad, the Blu-ray collection, so we'll see if that's any good. I'm sure it is. I watched Die Hard on Christmas Day. My first time, because none of it seemed familiar at all. Some stuff I liked... You know, and some stuff I did not like. Um honestly I found John McClain to be a little annoying. And I'm sure that's blasphemy to some. He is a badass, sure. And he took on all these bad guys by himself, sure. But I the quippiness, you know? The the first time I noticed it was when he was crawling through the vent. And he was talking to himself, and he was like, "Come out to the coast." They said it would be a fun time, and I'm like, "That didn't need to be in here." And you know, stuff like yippee kaye, motherfucker. I didn't have any problem with that. I thought that was cool. Thought that was fun. I liked the bromance between Carl Winslow, Carl Carl Winslow, and John McLean. Um, Reginald, Reginald Vell Johnson, and I liked seeing him um, playing a cop again. I, I I'm a big fan of Alan Rickman because of Snape. Um, he kind of had a weird look. He didn't. He almost looked a little too clean cut to be like the big bad in the movie. Uh, maybe that was the point as well, but I don't know, I thought I thought it was a fine movie, I, it didn't really blow me away or anything, um, uh, I don't really think it was a Christmas movie, there's plenty of Christmas in it, but it's an action movie, like I wouldn't, you know, you're going to compare Die Hard with Home Alone, you know, I don't know, thought it was fine, enjoyable. It didn't really have me dying to see the sequels, but I thought it was fine. One movie I really want to recommend... I'm at the 15-minute mark, and I'm... Uh, anyway. One movie I really want to recommend is Rise of the Guardians. Um... This came out in 2012. The cast includes Chris Pine. One voice that kind of blew me away, which I wouldn't have guessed in a million years, was Alec Baldwin playing North. He's Santa Claus, but for some reason in the movie they call him North. And it's a really good character voice performance that I would not have guessed it was him. And you have Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny. You have Isla Fisher as the Tooth Fairy. And the gist of this movie, it's, it's CGI animated. The gist of this movie is that there are guardians in the form of Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Sandman, Tooth Fairy. And they, are, they have to protect the children of the world from basically darkness. And there is this character played by Jude Law, who's playing Pitch Black, who is basically the manifestation or personification of Pitch Black, of darkness, of fear, of nightmares. And he is trying to take over. And they, the Guardians recruit a new Guardian, Jack Frost, played by Chris Pine. And the movie is really fun really solid um i think a few years back i saw the climax of the movie and i thought it was cool and i like it was on playing on the tv and i saw it it was cool and i'd never seen the rest of it so i finally sat down and watched the rest of it it's pretty fun and um um the pitch blacks trying to take over so like first he tries to steal the teeth of all the children and then children stop believing in the tooth fairy and then they have to work together to take all the teeth um, pick up all the teeth the children left behind and leave behind little gifts and then pitch black steals or steals all the eggs so they have to work together to put all the eggs da 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 etc and It's a fun holiday movie, a fun fantasy adventure movie. And kudos to Alec Baldwin, who really put on a a great character voice performance that I, you wouldn't, you kind of wouldn't expect. Um, And I thought it was really great. Um, And it's unfortunate that he also has since, you know, murdered a woman. On accident. Um, Black Adam is next on my list, but I'm only at the 19-minute mark. So I will talk about Everything Everywhere all at once. I don't think I have much to say on it. It's a weird movie, and I thought it was weird. The gist of it is... You know, it, it reminded me a lot of The One starring Jet Li, where... Basically, there's a lot of different universes with different versions of you in it. And in the one, one of them was killing, spoiler alert, one of them was killing all the different versions of Jet Li. So he himself was getting stronger because there was getting less of them. I don't know. I forget how they explain it. But in this one... (laughs) Basically, there's a ton of different versions of Michelle Yeoh, and um, she has to, like, jump from different dimensions to learn the skills of all the different versions of her. I I, I don't know. I thought it was very weird. I believe they re- it got very good reviews. People are raving about it. Um, I remember my brother said, it's a one and done for me, and I... I completely understand that. It's a one and done for me. I I don't know. It all comes down to her relationship with her daughter and I don't know. It just didn't it didn't really hit me in any sort of emotional potent way. It kind of a lot of it just went over my head. Um I watched Last Christmas with Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, um Emma Thompson i I guess I just won't reveal the twist. The twist in this was pretty interesting, pretty cool, I thought. Um, I liked it, you know the the beginning of the movie was pleasant enough, and it would could probably get you into the holiday mood. And I love seeing Amelia Clark in a like a rom com because I s after after I saw her in Game of Thrones, her role was obviously very intense. And I saw her in I forget the name of the movie, but it's with her and Sam Clayfin. Sam Clayfin is in a wheelchair. Me over her or something. She over she over they. I don't know. But I liked seeing her in that light. Because seeing her in the Game of Thrones is kinda of stressful and then seeing her as a bubbly girl in a rom com, it's just it warms the cuckles of my heart. You know what I mean? Um, last Christmas, you know, I, I think that there's a description on the on the thumbnail that says a new rom com classic. It's not that. It's not that. But it was pleasant enough. And actually, um, it was 3 dollars It's not streaming anywhere. You have to pay for it. It's $3.99 to rent. And I actually ended up paying $9.99 to purchase it because I figured, you know, $3.99 to rent or $9.99 to purchase I might watch it again, maybe next Christmas, maybe. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, my wife and I binged Wednesday in two days. Um, I liked it. Um, it's, you know, uh, a few of the episodes, or maybe half of the episodes, half of the eight episodes were directed by Tim Burton. And you can feel that influence for sure. Although, I was reading about the Adams Family, and they, I believe the comics date back to the 30s. And it was just this macabre family. And I feel like there was just... I understand that it originated as a comic. I get that. But I feel like there was just one too many of those comic strip uh quotes dialogue like like they'll go this room is nasty disgusting torturous i love it like they they, and i i get it like that's an ode to the comic they do that a lot in the movies um and i get it but i feel like it was just a little one too many after a while you're like okay we get it da. da, 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 da. I feel like it was one or two episodes a little too long. Like, the last episode, it's not really the show's fault, but I completely tuned out of. Like, I think I was distracted by my phone. But, you know, you have a badly CGI'd monster... Oh, spoiler alert. Fighting a badly CGI'd um, werewolf. And I'm like... I was, like, kind of checking out. I feel like it was a little... A little long in the tooth, as Pat Walsh would say. I like Jenna Ortega in the role. Um, The breakout star for me was Enid. I think her name is Emma Myers. I really liked her. And, you know, I don't think Harry Potter invented kids going to school. Like, um... I'm sure it was done before but when I watched Wednesday I just couldn't help but think that I couldn't help but compare it to it like if Tim Burton did Harry Potter like that's what it felt like because it's a young girl going to this school instead of never instead of Hogwarts it's Nevermore, instead of you know Gryffindor Hufflepuff etc it's sirens and Gorgons and Actually, I don't even know what um what category Wednesday was in. I should look that up, but but it's definitely worth watching. I thought it was really fun. Um yeah. So after we watched that, we watched both Adam's family movies. The first one felt very unfamiliar to me. So It very well may be the first time I watched it, and I thought it was pretty fun. Um, You know, I feel like I didn't have distinct memories of the movies when I watched Wednesday, but I had vague memories, and I decided, like, you know, the best thing to do is kind of shut my brain off from the memories of the movies and just enjoy this as a separate entity, because Wednesday is a, it's a new television show it's not really related to the movies i'm sure it's just a new spin-off invention f- based on the comic but at the same time you can't really help but compare them you know you have these two classic movies from the 90s and now you have this 2022 TV show on Netflix one thing that you know Luis Guzman definitely looks more like the comic book character, comic character, but you just can't compare um, Luis Guzman with Raul Julia. Raul, I I hope you can hear the the lawnmower in the background. Uh, I'm going to pause for a moment. I liked seeing Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Um, but Raúl Julia is just—he was a really great actor, and I—I I think, I believe gravitas—the word gravitas was created for Raúl Julia, and you know, a year or so ago, I reviewed Street Fighter, and he was great in that, and he was great in those Adams Family movies as well. And you're also, you can't help but compare Christopher Lloyd with, um, I'm blanking on his name, but the new uh, Uncle Fester. Although it was kind of cool how, you know, his entrance was kind of cool in the new show. Um, And Thing kind of steals the show in in the show, in the Wednesday show as well. My wife kept commenting that Thing's hand looked very clean in the two movies, but in the show, he looks like he was stitched up and that was a nice touch for the TV show. And Adam's family values felt a lot more familiar to me. And I was getting more laughs out of Adam's family values. Um... Nice to see Krumholtz in there as well. And you can't help but tip your hat to Christina Ricci's performance. It's a really good child actress performance. Um, next, I started playing Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl, and I showed it to my wife. And... She was a little disappointed because Stephanie Beatrice did didn't look like um, Mirabel in the animated movie, so she started playing Encanto, and for whatever reason, we decided to rewatch Encanto. Encanto, and I liked it. I. I had a lot of the same feelings that I did when I watched it the first time. It's a very solid movie it, it, it's It's fun, it's funny. The Stephanie Beatrice Beatrice in particular puts on a really good vocal performance, not only in terms of acting but singing as well. The thing that still bugs me and i i think it won't ever get resolved even if i read the resolution even if i if i were to ever talk to the directors and writers and they explained it to my brain here is why she didn't get a gift it's still gonna bug me and i i get it like <coughs> like i told my wife like for example because she comes from a family of like nine brothers and sisters And I'm like, well, like, for example, your older sister is a chemist, and your brother uh, studied agriculture, and your other sister is super smart and reads a lot, and maybe you don't have any sort of gift like the rest of them, but to me, you're the most special of all. And then I probably made fun of her ass or something, because I don't want any sort of sentimentality in between us whatsoever. But I get the point of that. I get it. Like Luisa is strong. Isabella can conjure flowers. Um, her cousin can hear really well. Her other cousin can talk to animals. Her aunt can control the weather. Blah 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 blah. And then she like she doesn't need a gift because she's already special. Like I I kind of I get the message, but at the same time I'm like. Come on, man! Luisa can lift donkeys, and I get nothing. Are you kidding? Like this felt like a a step too far. Where like you have to have a better um explanation for this. And you know Bruno can predict the future, and I. I'm special enough, so I put the family back together and I bring the house back. I, I get what they're trying to say, but at the same time, I'm still like, come on. Isabella can con- conjure flowers and I get nothing? I do nothing? Antonio can talk to animals and I can't do anything? Um, plus, the ending felt, still feels weird to me. Because, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of It's a Wonderful Life because at the end of the It's a Wonderful Life, all the townspeople come and they know that um, George Bailey's in trouble. So they bring all this money and they they're all there for him because he was there for them all those years and then so here the townspeople are like we don't they sing a song we don't have a gift but we've come here to help you because you've helped so it's very it's a wonderful life they put back together the house the magic comes back credits and it, it felt very abrupt to me still um i prefer raya and the last dragon Maybe if I watched them back-to-back, maybe I would prefer Encanto. I still like Encanto quite a bit. I like it a lot. It's a very good movie. The songs are good. Performances are good. Story is pretty good. There's just a few qualms that I can't get past. Um, after that, we decided to watch Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl. And it's pretty fun. And I don't, she kept asking, like, why Why didn't we go to this? Why didn't we hear about this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And so Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl is basically a music celebration. They've done it, I'm sure they've done it a bunch of time with like Nightmare Before Christmas and, and other movies. And one thing I thought was weird was they were showing the performances at Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl. First of all, they kept cutting to the audience, which I really didn't care for. I don't, especially watching it at home, I'm like, I don't really need to see the audience. No need to cut to the audience. And they're showing the performances and the singing and the dancing and the costumes and the musicians and all this stuff. And then in the middle of this, when, there, when it gets to the part in the movie of Dos Orguitas. It cuts to this like be- behind the scenes section of like how this group of children posted a video of them singing Dos Origitas, and then Lin Manuel Miranda sending them a message saying, "I loved it so much. I would like you to perform for us with us at the Hollywood Bowl." And but that's inserted into this performance and i'm like you know this would be a good extra a good behind the scenes feature but i don't know why you would insert all this into the performance of a basically a concert movie a concert video so i thought that was kind of weird um other than that it's it's a fun video fun special um diane guerrero is uh lovely next i'm at the 36 minute mark i'm going through these faster than i thought i would i watched the guardians of the galaxy hollywood holiday special i actually had a dream about this last night where i was explaining the hollywood special to someone in my dream in specifics but I, I can't remember who, who that was. Anyway, the holiday, holiday special, holiday, it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's not a classic. You know, at this point, you would think that, you know, Disney, the biggest corporation in the world, they have access to all the money in the world, all the resources they could get. I mean James Gunn, I guess he's a good writer and good director, but the special isn't that great, you know? Um it's not a new classic or anything. And the gist of it is that um Jax Drax Drax and Mantis notice that Peter is sad and depressed so they decide to do something nice for him for Christmas, and they decide to, spoiler alert, go to Earth and bring back his hero, who's Kevin Bacon. And, you know, it's, there's some sweet moments, there's some funny moments, but for a 45-minute special, it felt pretty uneven, and the laughs are few and far between, in my opinion. You know, one of the one of the biggest laughs for me was when the band. There's a band at the beginning. I forget their name, but they're like, "Oh, we just picked up these instruments and we're learning about Christmas through through Drax and that and da 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 da." So, um, so they sing this song and they sing this really cool, well, quote unquote, cool song, and then. Uh, Peter goes you just picked up those instruments like you know kind of a I thought that was kind of funny and you know kind of sweet kind of fun but still surprisingly like not great you know I don't know then again like James Gunn's movies always feel a little weird to me you know the first one I understand like it's it's fine. But it it never felt great to me and the second one was a se- significant drop off from the first one. Um so maybe I'm just not a big fan of James Gunn. I don't know. I'm at the 39 minute mark. On my list right now I have Strange World and Wally and then Black Adam. I'll just talk about Strange World. Strange World is fine. I watched it on Disney Plus. It's fun. The gist of it is um at the beginning of the movie you have Jaeger Clade played by Dennis Quaid. Um who puts on a pretty good performance as kind of a buff older man although I still give more props to Alec Baldwin playing Santa Claus or North and Jake Gyllenhaal plays his son searcher clade and I have to say that I couldn't I throughout the whole movie this character looks like Jim Halpert And I kept imagining Jim Halpert's voice as this character, John Krasinski's voice, and that whole agitated, like, come on, Dad, no, we can't do this. I kept imagining, like, John Krasinski, I feel like, should have been this character, and maybe they had him in mind. The character looks like John Krasinski. Maybe they wanted him and they couldn't get him, and... I, I, I can't imagine they settled, quote unquote, settled for Jake Gyllenhaal. But I just kept imagining John Krasinski in this role. And you know, you you can't help but notice, a, um, there's a interracial relationship between Jake Gyllenhaal, Searcher Clade, and his wife meridian clade played by gabrielle union and their son is their first openly lgbtq plus um character in a disney movie or disney animated movie Uh, i'm not sure um so you have that um and those are the characters And then basically they flash forward, like there's an argument at the beginning of the movie between Jaeger clade and Searcher clade, where Jaeger wants to keep on exploring and see what's behind the rest of those mountains. And Searcher clade is like, well, these plants are here and we don't know what's beyond those mountains, so maybe we should investigate these plants and see what they can do. And then eventually the plants are used for energy. Um they're like almost like a source of electricity. They allow them to power planes and power houses, da da da. And they realize that the these plants are like dying out, so they have to investigate. And they go on this adventure and they realize that they are living on a giant creature. And the plants that they are using for power are uh, slowly destroying the creature that they're living on. So obviously it's an allegory for humans, you know, using energy and it's destroying the planet. You know, it's very, when you think about it, it's kind of preachy, but it depends on if you want to shut that part of your brain and just enjoy the movie or or whatever. You know. Uh, all in all, it's a pretty fun movie. I think kids would enjoy it. Um there's some kind of cheesy parts that are directed for kids and not really f- for my enjoyment, for example, a, a grumpy, cynical, negative, pessimistic old man. But it was fine it I guess it was a significant box office bomb um I don't know why maybe it was marketing uh, um I don't know. I am approaching the forty five minute mark, so I'm just gonna go ahead and move on to Black Adam. I did not enjoy Black Adam um I just thought it was a mess. You know, the trailer, uh, let me tell you why I watched Black Adam. When you go on YouTube, you can search anything. But I searched, I was searching Black Adam trailer. Spoiler alert for Black Adam. But when I searched Black Adam, some of the auto-complete said Black Adam Superman trailer. And I thought that was interesting. I'm like, hmm, there's a Superman, or Black Adam Superman scene, pardon me. So I'm like, that's interesting. Superman might appear in Black Adam. And the trailers were cool because Black Adam, you have this anti-hero. And the trailer made me believe that you have this hero who has godlike powers, who doesn't necessarily want these powers. He does not necessarily think of himself as a hero. He wants to... He seems like a villain, but people... Uh, I don't know. The trailer looked cool, though. That's my point. And the movie is not what the trailer is. The movie felt derivative of so many movies. Um, There is a child in this movie who, to me, was so annoying... He pretty much brings down the entire movie. He was so annoying. um, And I couldn't help but compare him to John Connor. The dynamic between this child... I can't even think of his name. Actually, I can. Uh, Amon. The dynamic between Amon and Black Adam was very similar to John Connor and the Terminator. And you know, you can, you might as well throw in the comparison of Sarah Shahi to uh, Sarah Connor. And one, like, I saw a comment on one of the trailers saying, man, DC has really found their tone with their movies. There's not a joke in this thing. And it's really, really good. And then one person's like, I enjoyed this movie and that's all that matters. And I get that, I get that. But the comment about the jokes, like I don't know if we saw the same movie because this movie opens with that guy, the brother, singing to baby come back like at the top of his lungs, which is obviously meant for humor. Them rolling the windows up, humor. Like there's a ton, like um, GoldenEye saying, That was meant to be sarcastic, I take it. There is a ton of attempted humor in this movie, so I don't know what that... like. I think people just see what they want to see. They say what they want to say. They want people to perceive what they want others to perceive, but I thought this movie was full of attempted jokes, attempted humor, which I did not find funny. Dr. Fate, I do not know nor care... Who came first, Dr. Fate or Dr. Strange? But when you have Dr. Fate coming out in a movie in 2022, and there's a bunch of him, and there's multiple Dr. Fates manipulating space and time, you cannot help but compare him to Dr. Strange, and I believe the first Dr. Strange came out in 2012, maybe? And so now you're having this derivative character come out 10 years later after the first Doctor Strange movie. Um, and then you have Hawkman, which I guess is kind of original, but when you really think about it, he, you can't help but... Doctor Strange came out in 2016. Um, you can't help but compare Hawkman to perhaps Falcon. And I get it. You have these two... Um, monumental comic book studios DC and Marvel of course you're going to have some crossover of course you're going to have some derivativeness but this was like a little too much for me and I I turned to my wife 10 times while watching the, um, Black Adam I'm like what is going on because This Justice Society, which was introduced in that way where, like, Cyclone, she can manipulate weather and she's a genius on the computer. Cyclone, to me, felt derivative of Storm. You have Atom Smasher with one of the worst um, superhero names I've ever heard of. And his mask looks like Deadpool and his... He grows, so that I can't help but feel like Ant-Man's, you know, gigantic man or whatever, giant man. And the actor, I don't believe he's related to Mark Ruffalo, but he acts like Mark Ruffalo. He sounds like Mar- Mark Ruffalo. He might as well be Hulk Jr. Um, I really just did not like this movie. Um, it was a mess. And it was not a fun mess. Um, I didn't care about any character in it. Perhaps Sarah Shahi because I think she's lovely. Um, perhaps Cyclone because I thought she was lovely, but character introductions were bad. And I really thought this this story was just going to be about an anti-hero who hates everyone and who's who really ends up being a villain who wants to kill everyone. It's the reason why I thought Venom was going to be, but it wasn't, but I thought Venom was kind of fun. But it's what Joker was, where Joker, it's a bad guy turning worse, and at the end, he's a supervillain. And this one, it's just a spin-off of Shazam, one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen, which everyone seems to love. And this is possibly worse than Shazam. Um I'm not sure. I'd have to watch them back to back which I would rather die than watch these movies back to back. But I did not like Black Adam and you know I'm I'm bummed to say it because I'm a fan of The Rock. I liked him. His my favorite movie of his is San Andreas because he really pumped up the emotions on it um the fact that he was a fo- he played a father in that movie and i don't blame him the fact that this movie sucked i would probably blame the screenplay and the writers perhaps the director but i thought it was just a mess a verifiable veritifi- mess i'm sure i said that word wrong but whatever um if you liked it you know good on you more power to you i i didn't i don't don't know what else to say i just thought it was a big mess and didn't care about anyone or anything in it um and that's really all i can say i'm at the 52 minute mark which is i'm surprised i got through that many movies um and i am not joking nor exaggerating my wife is still in the restroom so she's either taking a giant shit or maybe she stepped into the shower i don't know um and that's fine that's just fine um should i talk about wally i have like 7 minutes till the hour is up i'll just squeeze in wally at the end at the tail end here I put on Wally. I got the 4K Criterion Collection uh, edition of Wally. And you know, I've always kind of been you know, I like Wally, but it's not it's never been one of my favorites, but this time around I really liked it. I appreciated it. I I think that has a lot to do with watching the documentary Goodnight, Oppie. And you see Oppi and you see Spirit, and you cannot help but think of Wally just the way you know they built the eyes and stuff and I can't help but think that you know this Wally is like a possible personification or uh I don't know the right word, but like this kind of adventure is something that maybe. Um Oppie and spirit experienced on Mars, you know a billion miles away, and I know that's romanticizing it, and also you know Api technically is not alive, neither is spirit, neither is Wally, neither is Eve, but i I can't help but feel like you know when you see Wally on a trash encrusted earth. Just minding his business, doing his job, cleaning up the earth one block at a time, you you can't help but feel that maybe that's something that Oppie and Spirit did and curiosity and ingenuity and perseverance, etc cetera, etc cetera. Um Wally I feel like is very it's really fun sci fi adventure movie um eve oh i forgot to mention about encanto i really hate the the grand the grandma in that one such a bitch she is such a bitch in that movie um just terrible like at the end when she like says sorry it's too late grandma Uh, it was just all right i'm getting tired now um but eve in this one in wally she's kind she's kind of a bitch too you know always blaming wally for left and right wally 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 and um so that's something to take note too that even even these uh fictitious robots the female is annoying um but i like the movie a lot it's pretty sweet um there's this haunting like guitar sound it's like almost like a minimalistic repetitive guitar sound that's it, it they play it during stressful situations in the movie and it, it's really effective, but it's not pleasant sounding. Um, but Wally, I suggest you check it out. I, I, ha, I, I need to check out them special features, but that's all I got. I'm at the 57 mark. Um, I believe, and I hope that I am at the tail end of this COVID-19 sickness. Actually, my wife and I tested this morning and she's still positive and I am now negative. But I asked her, do you think it's safe for me to walk around the house with my elderly parents? And she said, no. My wife works in healthcare and they want her to work They want her to quarantine for five days and go back to work. And they requested that she test today and she is still positive. So I think the worst is behind us, but we're still not out of the woods. And I don't think the world is out of the woods yet either. Anyway, I hope you're well. I hope you are taking care of yourselves and each other. Take care of your mental health. I hope I hope your pets are well and thriving. Thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me.